Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey. 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 Hey.
Alrighty, guys. Um, thank you for the haze early Love in the morning. Bill. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow a slightly different format today. Um, if there's anyone on stage who wants to do, uh, you know, kind of a Q and A with me, um, just let me know. Flash your mic. I'll I'll ask for that in about uh, in in about like ten minutes or so. Uh, I'm gonna start with just a little bit of a, um, uh, a well, a pretty awesome topic. Uh, I see Tariko. Um, we could do some uh, some business Q and A. Um, as you guys know, I'm. I'm maniacally focused on business and, and tying uh, life mastery into business. Uh, but that is my sole focus uh, in delivering value with Breakfast with Champions. Today, I want to talk about a really fun topic. And it's called how to make maximum money in minimum time. And it's a book that was actually written uh, back in the day by a, a copywriter by the name of Gary Halbert. And Gary Halbert is like one of the godfathers of direct response marketing. He's the origin of, you know, uh, just a lot of copywriting and direct response marketing techniques. And the really cool thing about studying direct response marketing, the reason why I study it is because if you can sell something through a newspaper ad, right? If you could sell something through direct mail, right? The same principles apply to you selling your products or services in today's world. And I know it sounds crazy, like with how much technology has changed and all of the emerging social media apps and, and how everything changes rapidly. The interesting thing is consumer psychology hasn't changed ever, right? People need to feel like buying. People need to feel like what? Go ahead, someone unmute. Buying. 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 We have to become experts in making people feel like buying. This is something I learned from my public speaking coach, Myron Golden. Myron teaches us when we fly down to Tampa every quarter that the number one goal in the sales and marketing function of your business is to make people feel like buying because people do what they feel like, right? So, you know, last week I held a, a five day challenge. Uh, it, it was called the lead abundance challenge. The challenge is done and thank God my voice is not, done <laughs> because I, I was on camera for 18 hours last week um, for this challenge um, with my partner, Andy Stickle. And we literally gave our hearts and souls during this challenge. We gave every secret we could possibly have given in how to grow a business the way that we did. Um, and and we gave all those secrets away last week. And <clears throat> in five days, we made multiple seven figures during that challenge. <clears throat> How did that happen? The, the most I've ever done during a virtual event was $1 million, but we more than doubled that during this event. What happened? How did we get maximum money 
in minimum time. I've done the same challenges every single quarter for the last year. Why did we make double the money? Is anyone interested? Let me get a mic flash or a yes in learning how we made double the money with the same amount of effort. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. 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 Let me ask one more time. Is anyone interested in learning how we make double the money in the same amount of effort? Yes. 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 Okay. So, first of all, um, everyone needs to be finding a way to use challenges in their business, right? Um, challenges are essentially, it's a I call it a DJing of a webinar, right? A webinar is a one-to-many sales uh, vehicle. So as you guys know, I've done over 200 webinars. I've done now uh, over eight figures in sales from webinars. And all of it started with my first webinar, right? Which was when COVID-19 hit, I started a COVID-19 direct uh, uh, response webinar for lawyers, which is the niche that we serve. That expanded into a talk show, uh, a weekly webinar talk show. Um, and then that then expanded into us doing virtual summits. We have, we have Damon John of Shark Tank. It's, he's going to be speaking at our next summit. Um, I, I'll try to find the link for it. Uh, we're, we're selling tickets for like 25 bucks. Um, if my wife gets out of bed, she can hear me right now. That hopefully I can get the uh, link from her. We just put up the landing page, but yeah, it all started from our first webinar. Then we turned into doing virtual quarterly summits, which is something I learned from Grant Cardone. He does his business boot camps every quarter, which are three days long. I went to one of his boot camps. I said, "Man, that sounds like a good idea to go live for three days straight, eight, eight hours a day, right?" And then I did it. Like literally the next week we launched it before we even know who our speakers were going to be. Um, and then that turned into us creating a process in our business now where we do a summit every single quarter and then we do a challenge every single quarter, which means every quarter in our business with the challenges, we go live five days in a row, right? Um, and then we do, we, there's a whole structure for it, uh, where you have VIP sessions, then you have the main session, and then you have sessions, uh, after the main session where you make an offer. Can I get a yes that everyone's following me up to this point? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I want to make sure I'm not, not yes. going crazy here, going too fast. So the challenge <clears throat> is one of the easiest ways to make maximum money and minimum time. The reason is people get a ton of FaceTime with you, right? So, so, and, and I said this before in one of my prior ones, but a, a challenge is you're going live five days in a row for, for like for, with the VIP people for two hours and then with the general admission people one hour. So when you add all this up, you're getting so much FaceTime with people, it's insane when you do a challenge. So by the time you make an offer, you've already built up so much trust that you could mess everything up. You could mess up your pitch. You could mess up your um, your offer. You could mess up everything, and still you're going to make sales during a challenge. Um, a summit is a little bit harder because you have a lot of other speakers, um, and it's hard to coordinate all that, first of all. Um, but then separately, you have a very limited time window to get people into the buying energy, right? <clears throat> 
So let's start with like, I'll use the challenges, but then I'll kind of zoom this out to general business principles that everyone can use today to make maximum money minimum time. So the first one, uh, the first principle I just want to share with everyone is always provide value faster and in greater quantities. This is like a non-negotiable in, in today's market. There is too many people active on Instagram, active on YouTube for you to expect that if you're not putting out stuff for you to expect that the universe is going to reciprocate sales to you. So one, one rule of thumb I always have is selling to a cold audience never works. So for, for those of you who want to, um, you know, expand your businesses, um, it's really important to stop selling to cold audiences, start providing value to cold audiences, right? So think about kind of, well, Glenn Lundy, right? Starting breakfast with champions. He's not selling anything with breakfast of champions. He makes an offer here and there, but the value he's providing through breakfast of champions and all the moderators, right? Of breakfast of champions, the value that they're providing is in excess of what is being asked, right? So one way to create buying energy so that you can make more money faster, which is the topic that I'm going through <clears throat> is to make get really good at turning cold audiences into warm audiences, right? So during this challenge, we had, uh, we had uh, 485 lawyers register for the challenge purchasing tickets. And then we had, um, we had 280 or we had 300 unique lawyers show up on day one of the challenge, all with their cameras on. It was insane all in a zoom meeting room. Um, for day one of the challenge, so we had like 300 lawyers show up on day one of the challenge. Half of those 300 lawyers already knew who we were from our hundreds of YouTube videos and all the free stuff we do. Right. So the goal is actually to make your audience pre-sold so that you can mess everything up. Right. And still make money. Still make what? Money. Money. Money, 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 Right. So that that's one of the key things. Okay. The next key thing is, is, you know, always thinking about. So actually, let me back up. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking I got to get really good at turning maybes into yeses. What would I what I would argue is for you to get better at turning no's into maybes at a mass scale. Grant Cardone is a great example of this, right? Grant Cardone is able to go out into the market and he's able to take a lot of people who don't know who he is and turn them into a maybe, right? Does everyone understand that, right? He's not as focused 
in building a huge brand, right? He's not as focused as, uh, you know, as others are on what happens after that. He is, don't get me wrong. He has 40 full-time salespeople in his Miami office, just closing on his internet, uh, on his online training courses, right? But the more important asset is to have an excess of goodwill, right? So I want everyone to make a commitment today that you are going to get out of your head. You're going to start making more content. Just start today, right? So I'm going to give you guys some, some quick tips on, on how to create content that can actually get you business and turn no's into maybes at a mass scale. So there's a tool that's called the Google Keyword Planner. Okay. And the Google Keyword Planner is one of the most magical tools on planet Earth because, in my opinion, the Google Keyword Planner allows you to see what massive groups of people are thinking about. Think about that. Google's Keyword Planner is essentially, it's the back end of Google. It's the, it, you can use this tool to look at how many times per month are human beings typing in specific phrases? Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. So I'll give you guys a quick example. Um, we sell marketing services to lawyers, right? So when I was first starting our YouTube channel, when I did our first hundred videos on it, I lived in the Google Keyword Planner. I logged into the Google Keyword Planner and I said to myself, okay, what keywords do I want my videos on YouTube to show up for? So when a lawyer goes on YouTube, what words, when they type them in, do I want to show up for? Can I get a yes if this is making sense up to this point? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. yes. So you go to Google Keyword Planner. If you can access this tool at ads.google.com. Ads.google.com. You log in, there's under the tools section, you'll see the keyword planner. Okay. Within that, you then are going to start typing in some ideas, right? Typing in some ideas as to what do you think your target market would type in, right? Um, so an example, like, like I said, is for us would be the word lawyer marketing. A lawyer goes onto the internet and says, I need marketing help. Well, they may type in the keyword lawyer marketing, right? That would be an example. So I can type that word in and then I can see how many times is that word or phrase uh, typed in on a monthly basis, right? So then it's also going to spit out another hundred or so words and it's going to say, oh, you typed in lawyer marketing, but here's what people are actually typing in. And here are other words they're typing in. Lawyer uh, attorney marketing, uh, lawyer website design, lawyer uh, pay-per-click marketing, lawyer marketing services, right? And you can see all these different phrases that people type in, right? 
one of the one of the best ways to actually grow a YouTube channel in the early phases is to rank for blue ocean keywords. Okay, meaning it's to make videos on keywords that are underserved. So if you go on YouTube and you and you type in like okay whatever your niche is right. Type, type in your niche and then start typing in certain problems that your prospective clients may have, right? So start typing them in and then start seeing, start seeing, okay, where are there really crappy videos? Like where are there videos that clearly someone does not know what they're talking about? And if I put up a video on this same exact keyword, um, I can outrank them, right? So, so that, that's one, one kind of example. And then over time, as you continue to post more and more and more videos, over time, you will eventually start ranking for some of those keywords. And YouTube, a lot of people forget this, YouTube is the second biggest search engine on planet Earth, right? Meaning Google's number one, YouTube is number two, and Google owns YouTube, and therefore, all of the things that people type in on YouTube is tracked through the Google Keyword Planner. So you're able to see also what people type in on YouTube, okay? So one of the, one of the hacks for this is to actually go on YouTube and to find what are called breakthrough videos, which we learned when I interviewed Evan Carmichael here, um, who has 3 million subscribers. He taught us that you have to look for what are called breakthrough videos. This is the absolute key, okay? You have to find videos that have a ton of views on low subscriber YouTube channels. I'll say that again. The key to YouTube is to model breakthrough videos. These are videos that have a ton of views on a low subscriber base. So if someone has 500 subscribers, which would be a low subscriber base on YouTube, but a video they posted has 100,000 views, that is a sign that that video was a breakthrough video, which means the topic of the video was so popular that YouTube naturally expanded it out to new eyeballs on the homepage of YouTube as a suggested video or after someone watched another video, it popped them over to that video because it was trending and popular. The fastest way I've ever seen YouTube channels grow is through capitalizing on trending news topics. So for example, there's this Kyle Rittenhouse stuff that's everywhere on the internet. The smart marketers drop what they're doing, they have film equipment set up, and they immediately will make videos on trending topics. Right. So literally the fastest way to do this is to just literally print out something that like CNN wrote or something else and literally print out the sheet and just say, hey, this is fresh off the press. You know, I don't even know what I'm reading right here, but I got this sheet. It looks like Kyle Rittenhouse. Was da, 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 da. And then you literally start as a reporter. Right. And you just report trending news topics. I have one person that I coach and. Uh, her name's Diane Bass. She's an attorney. And she got 250,000 views in just a few weeks on one video 
and she got 2,200 subscribers from that one video just by using trending news, right? So the key in the beginning is to get as creative as possible to, to gain a following, right? And the same principle I think applies to every single social media platform, right? So do whatever it takes. I think one of the biggest myths that holds people back in marketing is the myth of, I only want to target my perfect client. I think that's a stupid way to, to, to look at marketing. I, I think it's a limited way, I should say. You don't only want your target client. Here's the thing. If you have a good, unique selling proposition, the USP, right? If you have a good, unique selling proposition, you need to get known by every human being on planet Earth. You need to get known. You need to get what? No. 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 Yeah. This should be like tattooed on all of our foreheads. Get known. Like, imagine how much on offense you would be in your business if everyone in the United, if you were Will Smith right now. If everyone knew. I am Will Smith. <laughs> That's a way to get the known there, Bill. Yeah, see, it's good. So, so if you were if you were Will Smith right now, you could just you could just launch anything. Look at what Gary Vaynerchuk did. He launched Empathy Wines after like not making an offer for ten years and just putting out free content. He was just like, "Yeah, I'm going to launch Empathy Wines," and he had so much value built in excess, right? That tons of people bought Empathy Wines, right? So attention is a greater asset than money. So again, when I talk about making maximum money in minimum time, the first thing is to get into a value discrepancy. Okay. So, and, and all of us can improve on this, by the way. I mean, this is, nobody has this down, right? I mean, even I'm sure, and this sounds crazy. I'm sure there's someone in the world who doesn't know who Donald Trump is. I know that sounds crazy. But I'm sure there is one person, well, I know probably, you know, un unconscious children who are not, you know, watching news. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, someone doesn't know, there, nobody is unanimously known on planet Earth, right? There is at least one undiscovered, you know, tribe or, or you know, uh, so the, the bottom line is this. Don't, don't get, you know, fixated on, on, on that point. Just get fixated on the point that you're not even close to Will Smith levels, right? And we have to at least get like, like 10% of the way there um, in order to be in that value discrepancy, that value excess. And it all starts with a niche. So the second thing I want to go through, making maximum money in minimum time, is focus, right? So when I was starting my business, year one, um, when we went from zero to four, 460,000, zero to 460,000 in year one, which is four years ago, I was targeting multiple niches. I said, I want to do, I want to serve lawyers and I want to serve, uh, you know, dentists and I want to serve contractors and I want to serve blah, 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 blah. But at the end of that year, I started realizing that people were asking, what makes you guys different? And it was happening way too often. 
So one day I was in my office and I was just like, okay, this is enough. I'm tired of having to sell myself. Like this is, this is getting, this getting out of hand because we were doing outbound sales. So at that point, at the end of that first year, I decided we are just going to specialize in lawyers. Right. And, and that decision was scary, right? Because by choosing lawyers, I am literally shutting out hundreds of other businesses, right? Right now I am presenting, you know, I'm talking on breakfast of champions and I'm telling you guys, I specialize in lawyers. Can we do, can we do marketing for more than just lawyers? Absolutely. Can I coach more than just lawyers? Absolutely. But until I exceed a multi eight figure business, I am not moving on from lawyers until I have finished, finished my niche. Right. So I, I, I went on a, a hunt and I started interviewing some of the biggest companies in the space. And I started seeing like, what is the capacity in this niche? Literally, I flew all around the United States to do this. And, and I just said, hey, I'm starting a business. I'd love to learn, blah, 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 blah. And just talked to the chief revenue officer of, of big companies, CEO of this company, CEO of that company. And I started hearing there's this one legal coaching business that, you know, was supposedly one of the biggest. And they kind of capped out at 16 million on the coaching side for coaching for lawyers, right? Then I started surveying you know, the marketing side, and I started seeing big kind of swings there. And I found that the, um, that the $40 million mark was kind of like a cap that it was, it was very difficult to exceed doing 40 million in revenue in lawyer marketing. It's difficult. It's not impossible to exceed, but it's difficult to exceed. So I added those two up and said, okay, well, I think this niche will be finished this niche will be finished when I hit $50 million in revenue, right? So think about that, right? Sometimes we let fear cause us to take clients in our business that we shouldn't have taken on in the first place. For those of you who run businesses, you know this, right? Because there's that feeling of opportunity cost. There's the feeling of, well, you know, I might as well take this client on now to get the money but the question is, what is the opportunity cost of you losing focus? And it's actually, it's actually millions of dollars if you really look at it. Every minute you focus elsewhere than the thing that you should be focused on, there's, there's a seven-figure price tag attached to that that you just don't see, right? So think about that, right? So, so when we're talking about this, like specializing in one niche is actually one of the like the ways to go and make maximum money in minimum time, right? So the first, the first principle we talked about was the value discrepancy, getting into an excess value. And you don't have to do it on YouTube, by the way. You can do it through, um, you, you can do it through uh, social media, Instagram, you can do it through any channel, but the bottom line is you had gotta provide value in advance and, and turn, get good at turning cold audiences into maybes, no's into maybes. The second principle, is you know what we're talking about right here okay so choosing a niche choosing a niche choosing a what niche niche niche, niche. niche. some people call it niche um i don't know what the right way is all i know is we have to focus right 
So when I chose lawyers as a specialty, I was scared. I thought it wasn't going to work. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was shutting off too much revenue potential. And then I actually had to start firing clients. Like, was I serious about this? Okay, great. Then I got to fire the contractors that we have as clients. I got to fire this. I got to fire that. And that next year we did 1.45 million. So what, what we spent, we cut out other niches and we tripled our revenues. Right. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. Then I remember it's so funny. I, I've always had this thought in the back of my head. When, when's the right time to go back into other niches? When's the right, right time to, right. So when we, you know, last year through COVID, I was like, okay, now's the time. Now's the time COVID hit. This is the perfect excuse to get distracted and to go into other niches. And, and let's just start offering other services to people because COVID hit, right? All, all these fear-based thoughts to distract myself, right? And a lot of people went through this, right? Never make long-term decisions out of short-term fear. Never make long-term decisions out of short-term fear. If you're struggling with money right now, right? If you're struggling with your business or you have a job or whatever, you're not where you need to be, never make a long-term decision in the emotion of short-term fear. Can I get a yes if that makes sense? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay. Literally, literally, okay? The, the payoff, the payoff of staying in it when it's hard is it, it's the biggest payoff in business, right? The biggest payoff in business is staying in it while it's hard. Think about all of these tech companies that literally make no money for five years and then become the biggest social media apps ever and create billionaires. Think about Think about Elon Musk, right? Staying the course, being like negative in, in revenue and in all of his endeavors, <laughs> you know, taking hundreds of millions from his PayPal sale, right? And, and, and betting it all on things that were at net losses for years, right? Think about the courage it takes. Don't, not even external, not even like proving it to others, but in his own mind, right? And this, this applies to anybody who disrupts the universe. Nobody disrupts the universe like with a perfect trajectory of just hoarding profits every month, every single quarter, every single year. Like adversity is the price of disruption. Think about that. So, so I bring that up because like some of you are challenged right now to deviate. Some of you are challenged to, uh, we all have these challenges, right? To deviate. And, and, you know, lo and behold, we focused in, we said, okay, how can we use COVID to become a household name brand and legal, right? So when you commitment creates creativity, people have it the other way around. Creativity does not come first. You will be way more creative if you are committed, right? 
So if you've committed, this is where we're going. This is how it's happening. This is when it's happening by. Creativity is way easier to tap into. Right? This must happen for my family, for my business, for my health. Now, let's just get creative. Let's make it happen. Right? So, I mean, I've told you guys a story, but, you know, in, in 2020, we had all of our goals set. Like, I wanted to build a huge email list. I wanted to pull out, do this large webinar show. I had all this stuff going through my head, and then COVID hit. Was that, was that, in, was that an adversity or actually God giving me an opportunity to make my goals real? I chose to look at it as literally a, a opportunity. And I know, and, and yes, a, a ton of people who should not have, you know, been hurt by this virus were hurt. Right. And, and I'm not saying by any means that business opportunities are mutually exclusive from things not being good for society. Yes, it was not, no one wants a a worldwide virus, but the question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to stare at the fact that it's a worldwide virus or are you going to use it for your mission and your values and your purpose? Because boo-hoo doesn't do anything for anyone. There's no value to boo-hoo. <laughs> boo-hoo, you know, this is the, the, dude, you are hurting the planet. COVID already hurt the planet enough, so stop hurting it more, right? So, so I, you know, I'm I'm bringing this up because choosing a niche is a cheat code until you fully maximize that niche, right? So, you know, just by specializing specializing in on one niche, I just got word from my COO that, well, we we were in a meeting yesterday and. We are probably going to exceed eight figures in revenue this year, which is, you know, beyond our, our original goal for the beginning of the year, which I got emotional actually in the meeting yesterday. I was like, this is crazy. Four years ago, I was in a freaking, <laughs> I was working out of the basement of my apartment complex, it, it, you know, telling everyone that I was interviewing that we had the you know, our office building has the biggest pool in Philadelphia. Really, it was my apartment complex. And we were working in a shared workspace in the in the basement of the apartment complex next to college students who were in sweatpants studying until midnight. And here we are running a business right next to them. Me saying this is our office. And thank thank the, you know, thank God for, for Dennis Berry, who is uh, employee number two at SMB team for, for seeing the vision. Um, but, but the, it's just surreal. And, and it all came from focus, focusing in inward, inward, inward. You can only have three core competencies, three core competencies. If you want to get to eight figures in revenue or whatever your goal is, seven figures, or maybe even just multiple six figures in, in revenue or take home profit, like literally I need you to cap your unique value that you provide to the world up to three things. That's it. Scrap the other hundred things you're good at. 
the more gifted you are, the harder it is to scale a business behind your vision, behind your dream. Like the more uh, I should, I should put this this way. If you're good at a thousand things, it's hard to scale that. It's hard to actually create a business that gives you freedom, profit, predictable revenue, something that you can actually build that supplies other people's lives, right? It's, it's hard. It's possible. People do it in creative fields and it's just very, it's, it's not what I signed up for. I need something scalable so that I can have, you know, as low stress levels as possible and as much predictability as possible. The third thing I want to just bring up for everyone um, is in maximum money, minimum time is uh, the concept of recurring revenue. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're making a, a very big acquisition right now, which is going to be announced in the next week. Um, and this company that we are, you know, acquiring did not put thought into this in one piece of their business. And literally it costs them millions of dollars per year. So, so recurring revenue has a cumulative effect. Okay. So transitioning your business from whatever it is now to recurring revenue, it can literally change your life. Okay. So recurring revenue, it, the, the, the thing to avoid is making one sale of anything. So John Paul DeJoria, the, the founder of Paul Mitchell hair products says this in an interview, he says every single person in business must realize one key principle. You are not in the first order business, meaning you're not in the business of selling hair product to someone once. You are in the reorder business. You're in the what business? Reorder. Reorder. Reorder Re business. Re Re okay, so think about how many times you go to Amazon. Amazon is in the reorder business. When Amazon was scaling, if you read the, uh, if you read the shareholder letters from Jeff Bezos, you'll realize they refunded people when they didn't need to. They proactively told their customers, "Hey, uh, just letting you know, you double ordered this. That's money they could have just slipped aside and just kind of pocketed, right? They they made negative reviews public." Okay, Jeff Bezos shareholders and stakeholders were like, when, when Amazon was scaling, they're like, dude, are you crazy? Why are you, aren't you in the business of selling stuff? Why would you let people post negative reviews on a toaster that you can make a million dollars off of? He was like, well, you, I think you're misunderstanding the value of Amazon. We're not in the business of selling stuff to people. We're in the business of helping people make educated, informed buying decisions. Ah, he's in the reorder business, right? John Paul DeJuria, he had such a rapid growth rate with Paul Mitchell, not by selling, think about how insane this is, not by selling hair product individually to people on the street, one-on-one. -on -one. Who did he sell hair product to? Who wants to take a guess? Hair salon. People in the hair business. 
Yes, hair salons, hair salons. One sale to a hair salon for Paul Mitchell hair products is worth hundreds of sales. Right? So some of you are selling a quote-unquote widget to the wrong audience. Some of you are selling your services to individuals rather than to someone who can create a recurring revenue stream from it. Think about that. Similarly, like this is what we did with our coaching program. I'll just show you. I mean, I'll tell you guys how we created a, you know, now a two, two, uh, $2.5 million per year recurring revenue coaching business, which is like 80% margin. And it didn't exist 12 months ago. Um, by the way, the only reason we have a coaching program that, you know, nets $2 million a year in our first year of launching it as an experiment is because we had value excess. Value what? Excess. Excess. Value excess. We went out, we did 200 free webinars, 200 free webinars. And then one day we were like, we're launching a coaching program and everyone signed up <laughs> for a very high dollar amount. You know, I'm talking like, you know, anywhere between 20 to $30,000 a year. So some people learn how to sell and they go, how can I collect as much money right now? That's the wrong thinking. The right thinking is how do I create a three to eight year relationship out of this one sale? Can I get a yes if this is making sense? Yes. 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 Again, think about this, guys. Think about this. That's a little scary. What if it doesn't work? What if you didn't collect all the money up front? What if you didn't? Think about it. If if we were cavemen and women, that'd be basically saying, okay, I'm going to give you all this work. And then I'm going to hope uh, you give me back resources over the next year. So what we did was we created a recurring revenue model, right? So this is, by the way, one of the, one of the most important decisions I ever made as, as CEO was the decision to create the entire business on a recurring revenue model. Cause I remember one day, like I, I held a webinar, we signed up like, it was crazy. It was like over 200 people we signed up for nine, $997 during one of our first pitch webinars. I remember after the webinar, I was so excited. I was in the dog park with my, with my dog and, and this guy who does webinars too. His name's Nehemiah Davis, who I'm best friends with, who also is coached by Myron, um, Myron Gold. So uh, we're in this dog park and I told him like, I told him what we did during the webinar. And I was so excited and I was just like, this is insane. I can't believe that it's possible to do this. And I remember I went home that night. I was watching like, uh, I was watching this like video on YouTube or something. And then I had this like piercing thought, what happens next month? <laughs> and I, I hated the feeling. I was just like, this is terrible. I hate the feeling of having to go out and resell people. I hate that feeling, right? I'd rather create a business where one sale is made and it turns into a three to eight year relationship. So from that point on, 
for over the next four weeks, we kept selling the course until eventually I, this is the scariest thing. And this is the fourth thing that I want everyone to write down as a principle of everything we went through. The fourth thing is to, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing while I say this because it's so counterintuitive. I'm almost worried to even say it, um, but <laughs> abandoning what works, works. <laughs> now, wait, I got to explain because that, that can be taken completely the wrong way. So, so abandoning what works gets a bad rap, right? Abandoning what works uh, is it's pretty much violates all conventional wisdom. Once you find what works, double down on it, right? Well, me selling the course from the webinar, that worked. But the question is, could it work better? Was it the absolute best and highest and best use of that sales effort? The answer was no. And as I've said this phrase, who I've learned from one of my coaches, Brendan Burchard, um, Sometimes our deepest skills form our deepest ruts, right? So the, harder, the hardest thing to do is for a human being to abandon their, whatever is giving them survival. So for example, if you're getting by doing stuff and things for people and doing work for them and you know, doing good, honest work, and blah, 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 with your current business model, in order for you to update your business model or the way you do things, you're actually in somewhat, in some way, abandoning what works. You're, you're charting into new territory. When you quit a job to start your own business, you are abandoning what works. What works is the job, which is sustaining your life. That's scary. When you start in business, if you're in the wrong business, abandon what, abandon what works. Abandon what's getting your survival needs met, right? So, so this is why as soon as you get good at one-on-one -on -one sales, you should be thinking, how do I give this up? How do I train someone else on how to do this? As soon as you get good on marketing, you should immediately be thinking, how do I remove myself from the marketing function of my business and hire a marketing director and a marketing team, right? Oh, conventional wisdom says, well, I'm good at marketing myself. Let me just do everything myself because that's, what, that's what's worked, right? So rapid iterations, right? Think about this. Facebook at one point was a desktop-focused app. Think about that. Okay, like 85% 80, of Facebook traffic now is mobile. Mark Zuckerberg had to abandon what worked, what, what literally got his company to a multi-billion dollar valuation. He had to go, nope, steering the ship this way, abandon desktop, let's focus all of our developers' effort on mobile. That became the battle cry for over a year at Facebook. And by the way, that's what being CEO is. It's not doing the work, it's making decisions and cheerleading those decisions. CEO, a lot of people get this wrong. Chief executive officer, it's more like chief energy officer. 
chief priority officer. That's why having quarterly goals are so important. Right, so value access, choosing a niche, right? And then these two last points are, are, are super important for you. Um, I'm gonna go to, um, let's see if, uh, if uh, Tariko, are you, are you still there? Yes, sir, Bill. What's up? What's up, Bill? How we doing? Oh man, doing great. What you got? It's phenomenal value, man. You've been adding. Um, definitely enjoying this, man, and taking some copious notes over here. Passion earlier. Do you have anything that you uh you wanted to add or ask? I I I stand in this place right now for myself and business. Uh, what I'd like to ask, I'm literally the title of your session today. I'm in this place where I am now, I did the pivot in the business and now launched a program. Um, and I launched it off of a campaign this year of trying to inspire 1 million students this year. And so now it's, how do you get into uh, this funnel, like creating this funnel, and I've pitched over 150, 200 schools, but I haven't been converting. And so now I, I've started to look at what's not working. Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, thank you uh, for, for uh, being open about that. I think that progress comes from being completely open about the things that didn't go right and the things that did. Um, and that dude, first of all, the first, when you said you pitched that many schools, I smiled ear to ear. I was like, dang, that is commitment right there. Yeah, you Bill, know. I, I, I literally, um, went on LinkedIn and I've connected with superintendents, principals, you name it. I'm coming because there's a sense of urgency for me at saving the lives of young people. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So, I mean, you know, I, for, for the first thing I would think through is, is the pitch right, right? I, I would just think, what's happening with the pitch that's make and, and are we asking too much, right? So, so this is another kind of quick, quick kind of um, thing I could maybe riff on for a second, which allowed us to build a very large email list um, in a short period of time, is creating a value ladder. Um, so, and I, and you know, part of this I learned from from Grant Cardone. You know, how, how he how, you know, he has all of these like low ticket offers, things that you can buy from him for 40 bucks, like a hat, you know, a wristband, uh, a, like, a, like a course on, you know, how to handle objections on the phone. Right. And I think a lot of us are so self focused in general. Uh, not saying, you know, you or I, well, I, I will say me. Yes, I'm, I'm self-focused because I'm a human being and I want to survive um, and, and I want to succeed. And, and we all have to balance self-focus with other focus, right? Especially in business. So you, so the offer that we all make in the marketplace may be good, but we may be asking too much too quick. So for, for us, like, you know, that's why we do the quarterly events is because the, the ticket price for the events are, you know, anywhere between $1 to 100 bucks, right? So someone is able to have 
a first positive touch point with us, right? So having someone immediately commit to, you know, something that's either super high in price or that's going to involve too much work on their end can cause the pitch to go right. So go wrong. So I think everyone who's listening, we all need to find a way to de-risk our pitch, whatever the pitch is. Okay. So think about like, think about dominoes, right? And, and it has to be simple, not just de-risk. Okay. But simple. So think about this dominoes, fresh pizza to your door in 30 minutes or less. Is that clear? Can I get an unmute and a yes? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes, sir, Bill. Okay. Fresh pizza to your door in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. Right? Simple. So the heart, like, this is what Picasso said, is, you know, all of his greatest works of art were not when he had something else to add to it. When he added something new to it, it was actually when he looked at it and he was like, okay, there's nothing else left to remove from this piece of art. So the art of the pitch actually comes down to removal. If it's a confused mind never buys, right? So we all need to be thinking for ourselves. If And this is why Edison, uh, what's it called? Edi or, or I'm sorry, Hemingway app. Everyone write this down. Hemingway, H-E-M-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y, Hemingway app. It's this tool where you can plug anything into it, any word, and it will tell you any, any sentence and it, or, or paragraph, and it'll tell you, is this sentence or paragraph in first grade language, second grade language, fourth, fifth, college, etc.? And this, when I learned about this app, because I, I would go into techno babble world when I was doing kind of like pitches. And over time, it's so funny, as I've gotten better and better at selling from stage, my language has gotten simpler and simpler, right? It's not that I'm technically wowing people. This is a huge mistake for people that I learned from Russell Brunson. We just joined actually Inner Circle, which is 50K a year. Uh, so... Now my personal development budget has exceeded four, 400,000 a year um, in, in terms of what I spent on coaches, um, which is insane. But actually, you know, now I got to get a return on investment from it. But at, what I've learned from Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels, about this is Technobabble is costing us millions of dollars. It's not about you wowing people, Right. For, for all of us, the more you wow people with your technical knowledge, the less money you're going to make. It's not about how much you know. It's about how you, how, what you know solves someone else's problem and makes them money. So it's, it's actually about youification. It's a term I came up with. Youify. Youification. We have to learn to uify every marketing message. So with us offering you X, Y, and Z service, here's what it means for you. Everyone on me and say, here's what it means for you. 
Here's what it means for you. For you. <laughs> what is that? Is someone getting run over by a tractor trailer? <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> um, here's what it means for you. Here's all the value we provide. Here's everything we're gonna do. And here's what it means for you. You're gonna be able to do this. You're gonna be able to do that. You're gonna be able to do this. Guys, like in my last kind of 30 seconds here, it does not take a lot of time to make a lot of money and to help a lot of people in the process. It, it just doesn't. So scrap whatever your growth goal is and put an X next to it. Like add a zero. Instead of 20%, 20X. Like, come on. Like it's not, if, if you don't violate principles, Value and excess, right? Learning how to simplify your pitch. Everything I just went through, like making maximum money in minimum time is actually possible, right? The recurring revenue concept. Just take time out of the equation. You're one skill away, one skill away. Just speed it up. Everyone on mute, say speed it up. 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 I am. Beat it, Beat it up. Beat it up. Beat it up. Beat it up. Dude, whatever you're doing right now, triple it for next year. Can I get a triple? Everyone on you say triple. 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 Go. All right. Triple. Thank the Lord. All right. It's it's an uh, guys. Come triple. on. Let's move a lot faster. And then next week, I, I hope to hear that at least at least half of you have tripled your revenue. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.